locations in the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that? What's happening, people? Pete Davidson here on a Saturday with the Rotobahn Podcast, which means we're talking DFS. Love that song on the intro. I got three monitors and a Mac. I wonder if we can redo the lyrics for me. But um, sorry this is coming a little late. I had a construction site just going batshit crazy all day. I've been sitting here like doing my DFS work like trying to listen to music and drown it out and it just doesn't work so i'm really glad they stopped i can sit here and start talking now which is much better um this is and you've probably heard this you know for those of you who peruse and listen to a lot of different um you know dfs podcasts and read a lot of articles and all that stuff it's it's definitely a strange week um the pricing seems high or maybe it's just high for all the players we want to play uh DraftKings and jim and i have been talking about this on the show it's you know, the pricing is different this year. I don't know what they've done with, you know, their system, <laughs> their algorithm, whatever they're using to come up with prices. But uh, it seems that performance is being factored in, matchup is being factored in. It also seems like uh, player rates and percentages are being factored in. I can't remember. Somebody smart was talking about Kelsey this week and talking about how, I can't remember who it was. I want to give... Uh, attribution not retribution um but like kelsey really hasn't gotten it done but the price is holding because people people keep buying it um so there seems to be you know several ways um or several criteria they seem to be using to keep pricing up and you know it's creating um a lot of challenges in terms of roster construction and you know this is one of those weeks where you want to sort of remind people that hey if it's tough for you it's tough for everybody else uh, if it's going to be a hard week, that means everybody's scores are likely going to come down. Uh, so, you know, I'm not a big person where it's like, ah, the pricing's tough this week. I'm not going to play. Uh, I, I generally go the other way, which is the pricing's tough. Let's see if we can find some edges. Um, because I think a lot of people on a week like this get a little discouraged. And rather than grind, they just sort of go with their gut. Um, so we're going to try to avoid the gut this week as much as possible and really go with the grind and try to find those uh, hidden hidden things that we can use uh, to give us an, a, you know, a nice point scoring floor. Uh, so what I'm going to go through here, um, uh, which I haven't done the last couple weeks, but I'm going to sort of walk the slate a little bit. It's a 10 game slate. I'm going to go through each game, you know, talk about what I think about it, which plays I'm really considering in that game. Uh, and then once we go through the whole slate, I'll, I'll try to give you, you know, the short list that I have right now, uh, which isn't as short as I want it. Um, you know, it will get shorter by the time I'm really committing to my lineups, which is going to be probably late tonight, uh, early tomorrow after I do the show. Um, but this really is going to be a pretty full list of all the components I'm considering in my builds. So uh, hopefully that helps you guys. Uh, certainly uh, on the show tomorrow with Jim and I mean, on Twitter tomorrow, I will get into, uh, you know, my tighter list. Uh, if I have time to do a pod tomorrow morning, maybe I'll do that. If I do so, it'll certainly be like a, a super short podcast. Uh, but, you know, if I, if I have the time, I'll do it. But it's it's nice doing the one, uh, you know, doing a Saturday pod. Uh, I've had a couple people uh, mention that they like the Saturday better. Uh, and it makes sense because if you get if you get this information a Saturday, on a Saturday, that gives you, you know, a day and a half, uh, to, you know, to, to really soak it all in, to build some lineups, to go to your other sources of information because... 
you know, I'm not egotistical enough to think that you guys listen to me and only me and then go do your lineups. I mean, I don't listen to only me. Why, why should you? Um, you know, as always, I'm doing my best to try to reduce the pool to help to give you guys some clarity to, to play the things that you like to make your own choices. Uh, and obviously, for those of you who choose to, to play some of my uh, selections, you know, I appreciate that. Um, so let's let's get into this. Again, we're going to go game by game, start with the early games, work through to the late games. Um and see what see what kind of conclusions we can come to on this slate. Okay, so first game up on the docket is obviously the most exciting one. Um, you've got uh, Washington visiting Buffalo, two teams that you know are just pretty brutal to watch. And you know I want to just blow by this game, but the truth of the matter is there's some things we got to talk about here, and and that's why I'm going through the slate because on a slate like this where everybody's going to be converging on one or two games, it's really important for us to find the low-hanging fruit really anywhere on the slate because you never know when it's going to come in handy when you're trying to make a lineup, trying to jam a guy in, that kind of thing. Uh, now, I already know which running backs I want to play this week. I've got you know three, four, five backs I think are going to be across all my lineups, and that's with a back in the flex probably in almost every single lineup. So, the running backs I'm pretty tight with, but that said, Adrian Peterson at 4,200, you know, in a game where, you know, even in a bad game script, he's going to touch it 15 times. So, you know, you have to mention that. I definitely think for those who are doing like mass entry, uh, Peterson at 4,200 units, you know, the idea that he runs for 150 and two touchdowns in a game like this, it's just not that far-fetched. Um, now, obviously, you know, 19 carries for 42 yards, no catches, no touchdowns is equally possible. So, you know, there's all kinds of reasons not to play him, but I think it's important to remember why there are some to play him. Uh, the other thing in this game is that both the defenses are in play. Uh, Buffalo, obviously, 3,800 at home. The reasons why to play Buffalo are obvious. you got Haskins, a rookie, in his first start. Hasn't looked real tight uh, in his two relief appearances. So a lot of people are going to be on Buffalo. Uh, personally, for me, paying up for a defense this week makes no sense. I'm not going to be on Buffalo. I don't think I'll have any shares. Uh, they will probably post points, but I don't think it's worth paying for them personally because, oddly enough, I'm playing the other defense in this game. I'm saving $2,000 uh, on a week where McCaffrey's 10K and, and Dalvin's 9.5. Uh, I'm going down to 1800 for Washington. Pretty good defense. I mean, you know. The best part about Washington right now is their defense. Um, you're playing against a team that is, you know, mediocre on offense, plus you have a quarterback who holds the football, fumbles the football, makes a lot of mistakes, runs around in the pocket, invites opportunities for strips and stuff like that. So even though we like Josh Allen and, you know, we like him uh, as a fantasy start a lot of the time, you know, there's no doubt that he is, you know, a place where turnovers happen. So, uh, you know, I rarely do you see a defense this cheap, and rarely do we see a defense uh, at the bottom of the numbers that has this much scoring potential. So, you know, I'm not looking to light the world on fire with Washington. I'm just looking to save a whole bunch of money and hopefully get a handful of points. Uh, that's the idea. If I get five points out of Washington, that's great. I'm happy with that. You know, obviously, if they go for seven, eight, nine, ten, or more, that's awesome too. Um, and you know, the bottom line is if they, if they put up a, a one or a two or a zero, at least you didn't pay for it. All right. Um, the other players in this game, I think, you know, and you guys probably know where I'm going to go here, but I think Smokey, uh, John Brown, 6,100 is worth consideration against a defense that is just, you know, really loose on the back end at this point. Um, and Beasley at 4,100, you know, uh, I think both of those guys are horses for courses plays. I'm not looking 
to play Beasley. Um, but, you know, if the idea that he could go, you know, six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown in this game, I think is, it's, you know, is, it's there. And uh, at that price tag, why not? Um, although, we'll get to the why not. It's sort of the rest of the slate. Uh, let's jump over to Minnesota and Kansas City. Uh, now, this game would obviously be huge if Mahomes is playing. We don't know for a fact that Mahomes is not going to play. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think I'll have any teams that I put together this weekend that don't involve this game in some way. Um, you know, Dalvin is the, the obvious thing here. Uh, Dalvin, you know, if, if you read my column on EI, you know he's really one of the guys I'm committed to this week. Uh, now, you, you got to do a lot of jumping around if you put Dalvin in your lineup. Uh, 9,500 units, that's, you know, that's tough. Uh, but in this matchup, I, you know, Vegas has got them as a road favorite. Uh, and you throw in the fact that Dalvin's not really a guy where the game script's going to kill you anyway. Um, you know, they could have a tough first half. They could be down multiple scores. He could have, you know, 12 carries for 19 yards, be getting crushed. And then in the second half, you know, he'll run for another 50, and he'll catch six balls for 70 yards and a touchdown. At the end of the day, the numbers look good. Uh, so I'm on Dalvin this week. I also like Diggs in selective spots in tournaments. I think it makes sense, particularly if Thielen is out. Also, if Thielen is out, and if you just can't come up with a tight end that you want to play and you just want to pay down and forget it, <laughs> this one's deep. This one's thin. I admit it. But again, if Thielen is out, and this is sort of like a asking for a headache because Thielen may get ruled out at like noon, which doesn't help us as much. But um, Herb Smith, 2,700 units. Again, if Thielen was out, there's going to be targets available in that short area. Uh, this guy has been getting targets every week. He hasn't done like anything earth shattering yet. You know, he's not getting much, you know, buzz. But, you know, I'm a film watcher, as you guys know. And from what I've seen, when it comes to Herb Smith, if they start giving this guy opportunities, he could explode. This guy's running really good routes. Um, Irv Smith is a name we're all going to know, I think, down the line, because he is a guy who's going to be a real good offensive tight end. Um, you know, and if you look at his snaps, he was in sort of the mid-high 40s early. He's moving up into that high 60s, uh, excuse me, high 50s, low 60s area. And again, this is throughout the season. This has nothing to do with Thielen. Uh, I, I think Thielen is more of a target thing for him than a playing time thing, which makes sense. Um, but... You know, Irv Smith's targets um, over the last three weeks, uh, you know, he's seen 11 targets. Now, nothing to get excited about, uh, and he's turned that into 29, 60, and 21 yards, and he hasn't been in the zone yet. There, there's a million reasons not to use this guy, which is why he will be like 0.01% owned, if that matters to you. Uh, but again, if Thielen's out in a game where, the you know, the game flow in this thing uh, and again, Mahomes plays, who knows, but even with more a quarterback, uh, he only needs to hit a couple plays to put Minnesota in a disposition where they need to open it up a little bit, okay? And again, if Thielen's out and they open it up, Diggs is either going to go off or guys like Irv Smith and Dalvin are going to catch footballs. So, you know, I, I'm not, I think there's a really good chance I play zero Irv Smith this week. But again, if Thielen's out, I think I will probably find a way to create some lineups with him because having really cheap players in our lineups this week, it allows us to do some really cool things, which we'll get into 
uh, as we move through this podcast. Um, so Dalvin, I think, is going to be in a lot of my lineups. Diggs will be in a, I don't know, 20 30% of my GPPs. And then Irv Smith is a guy I'm sort of holding in abeyance. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, on the KC side of the ball, obviously, um, Hill at 7,400. I'm not hearing anybody talk about Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek Hill at 7,400 units in a game where the game flow is sort of up in the air, uh, you know, I, I think it would be silly if you're doing a lot of GPP lineups and you don't do any Tyreek Hill lineups. I think that would be a mistake. Obviously, if you're going to do it, like if, I, if I'm if i saying, yeah, I feel like doing a Tyreek Hill lineup, you know, it would be sort of crazy not to include the quarterback. If you're in a GPP and you're thinking Hill's going to hit for a slate-breaking score, well, then Matt Moore's going to pay off at 4,800 units. So um, something to consider. Uh, now, obviously, you may say, well, that's all well and good, but I'm, I'm trying to get a slate-breaking quarterback, too. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but it seems to me that if you go with Hill uh, and you're counting on him paying off, he would almost have to pull more with him on some level. Um, Kelsey always in play at 6,900 units, the nice price. Um, and, you know, I, I hate to say this because it's the wrong matchup. Everything about this says don't do this. But Damian Williams at 4K, when he was the best back in the team last week, you know, in a GPP, you know, a GPP like where you went more Hill, 48-74, you could then do like Damian and Jalen Samuels, and you could put McCaffrey or Cook in your lineup. Uh, Cook would be great as a, you know, a correlation play on the other side. Maybe you're buying into KC falling behind. Um, and then you'd be able to jam in receivers that, you know, are sort of fun. So I don't know, it'd be sort of an interesting way to inside out uh, a GPP lineup. Um, but the, the guy I'm really considering um, in this game, obviously, is is Dalvin. That That's that's the primary thing. Uh, and if I'm building GPP lineups with Minnesota players, I'm going to want to come back with some KC players. Um, all the receivers are in play for KC, but uh, I'm focused on Tyreek uh, and, um, and on Kelsey. Uh, moving down to the Jets and Miami. <laughs> How funny is it that we're all going to have to spend a lot of time looking at Jets and Miami? Can't make this shit up sometimes. But we got to do it. Um, you know, first thing I want to say here is just, you know, Gase is just, I hate him. He's just such a douchebag. Um, and I really mean that, you know, almost literally. Uh, I mean, how... <laughs> Hack and I went on a whole thing on the podcast yesterday about me not hating the Jets. I don't really get mad, and you know you can hear the tone of my voice here. I'm sort of, I'm sort of enjoying this, but it's just so. I mean, the Jets are so fucking awful. They just do so many dumb things. Uh, you know, these guys that own the team, you just wonder what the hell they're thinking. Uh, I mean, you, you had a whole wide open array of choices, and you choose Adam fucking Gase. Um, and, and, and you allow him to make all these changes. And, and, and you know, the, the, it's, it, the whole thing is insane. You know, he didn't get along with the GM, but they allowed the GM to do things. And then they fired the GM and they bring in a new GM, but nobody really knows who's making the decisions. And, you know, they, they give a six-round pick for Demarius Thomas so they cannot use Crowder as much. It just The Jets are just one fucking stupid, moronic thing after another. Um, you know, it's like there's never a moment where the Jets pull back and see the big picture and start putting things in the correct places. It's always like a Band-Aid here, a Band-Aid there, a stub toe here, a what the fuck there. I mean, and they're just all over the place. Um, so even when you see parts that you like and you see reasons to get excited, 
there's something else going on with the left hand that, that sort of undoes it. And then, you know, over the trade deadline, we have to... I mean, Jet fans having to deal with, like, losing to Jamal Adams? What the... F- I mean, what's wrong with these people? Do they understand that you need to sell tickets to these football games? Anyway, so the whole point here is this game, the reason I'm going through all this silliness, pain, is this game lines up really well, but we have to factor in Gase. So as much as we want to say, hey, Le'Veon Bell here, let's let's play Bell. It's a great matchup. Running backs killed the, the Dolphins. This is easy. Just play Le'Veon Bell. Well, it's complicated because we have running backs that we like more than Bell this week. Uh, even with all the touches that he should get, we can't count on him getting them. And I'm not big on narratives, but when we look at this game, we have to factor in that Adam Gase hates Miami. He hates them as much as I hate him. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> he also didn't want Le'Veon Bell. So I think he wants to put the hurt on Miami. And this guy's so inside his own head, I think we have to at least consider that he might want to use his parts. So we have to think, wow, Demarius Thomas might see a lot of targets in this game. Um, you know, Jameson Crowder and Thomas may be a bigger factor than we want them to be in this game. You know, like this, this game should be the Jets pounding the football and attacking with deep shots. Pound the ball, attack deep. That should be the game plan. I'm not sold that it will be. You know, like, like what I would love to do here is start Darnold and Robbie Anderson and then have some teams where I'm starting Bell and the Jets defense and play it that way. And I think that is going to be how I choose to play it. But I don't think I'm going to play it at the level of volume that I want to. Like, I'd like to make this sort of the game I build around, but I do not trust this Jets coach. I don't trust him. Um, <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was like a three-minute uh, left-hand turn, but it, it, it actually does sort of matter in terms of how we look at this game. Um, so you've got Demarius Thomas, who the coach likes. He gave a six-round pick for, God knows why. Um, but he's there, and he's on the field, and he's, and he's priced at 4K. So Demarius Thomas is a guy, I'd be surprised if he doesn't see six targets. He could see eight or nine, maybe even more. Who knows? Um, you know, really good chance he pays off. So horses for courses, uh, you know, you can consider him in this game. The problem is, I sort of like Devontae, Adam, uh, Devontae Parker on the other side of 4,400 units, and I don't want to waste my whole lineup playing Jets and, 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 and Dolphins, right? So let's jump over to the other side here. Um, the Jets being sort of, you know, they should be predictable, but because of Gase, they're not. Meanwhile, on the other side, Miami is fairly predictable. They're, gonna, they're probably going to throw a lot. Fitz is going to be in charge of this thing. Um, Walton is playable at 4,500 at running back, although he doesn't get the goal line. The problem is there's just too many good running back plays out there this week. You know, like if I'm not playing Adrian Peterson, I'm not playing Walton. Um, but then we get to what's interesting here. You can do a Ryan Fitzpatrick stack and uh, you guys know I hate Fitz, but you, you know, you can't let, you know, like I already, I mentioned Tyreek Hill, I, I mentioned Tyreek Hill's name on this podcast. So, you know, I'm, I've. Uh, the guardrails are gone. Whatever is going to work, we're going to do. Um, and Fitz at 4,800 is in play the same way um, that Matt Moore is in play at 4,800. The difference is he's got a matchup. And, you know, what What, what the Jets are going to do is they're going to bring heat. Now, sometimes that'll flummox Fitz and he'll have one of those four-pick, you know, just it's over early kind of games. But the other side is sometimes it's like, 
Fitz struggles early, maybe he throws a pick, looks a little ugly in the first quarter, but he's one of those zombies. We all know. I mean, we, we've got that gif where he looks like a zombie. Um, but Fitz keeps coming at you. It's the thing we like about him. You know, uh, he, the guy, you got to give him that. You know, he's got heart and he doesn't care about getting hit. Uh, you know, Harvard didn't sink in, I guess. This is a guy who really wants to sort of test his personal limits on CTE. Um, and he's going to keep coming at the Jets. They're going to blitz him. They're going to hit him. But he's going to keep coming at them. And the other thing he's going to do, you know, again, as much as I don't like this quarterback, let's, let's, let's be fair. Fitzpatrick keeps his cool. He's a guy who will find the open man when the blitz is coming. He'll find the other team a fair amount too. But he doesn't lose his head. He's got a low heart rate under heat. And he will continue to fire the football at Adams and at Preston. And, you know... The Fitz, Parker, the Fitz, Williams, Stacks, maybe even both of them. Although I don't really, I feel like you, I feel like you need to choose personally. But those things are in play. I mean, you can do a, a really nasty GPP lineup with like a Fitz Devante stack, and you can fit all kinds of other great stuff in there. And I mean, the idea that Fitzpatrick can't put up twenty plus against the Jets with multiple touchdowns, you know, if you don't think that's possible, I got a bridge I want to sell you. Now, it may not be probable, but it's definitely possible. So in GPPs, I'm definitely messing around with the Fitz idea. You know, I mean, some people are probably going to do that in cash. I don't know. I just don't have the stones to do it in cash. Um, but that's sort of the round way of looking at this game. I'm very interested in Robbie Anderson. I, I wish I could lean more in on it. I'm probably going to be like 20% in GPPs or something like that. Um, you know, and I think Darnold is in play. You know, it, it, the problem is he's 59, and I can save like over a thousand bucks with some other viable plays. Like I can go to Rivers at 51. Um, so Darnold at 59 is tough, given the way he's looked the last couple weeks. Um, the Jet defense is also in play here, obviously. But you have to pay. They priced him up. 3,500 units for the Jets D when they just gave away Williams to the Giants? Nah, I don't think so. Um, so that's enough on the Jets. Um, I, I definitely think these Miami receivers are in play. I think Devontae, in particular, is viable in cash if you're trying to create some space. Um, but let's dump down here. Next game up, Bears, Eagles. And, you know, there's some stuff to talk about here, even though it's ugly. And, you know, when I say ugly, I mean ugly. Uh, Trubisky just, he's really tearing this thing down in terms of how we can make predictable decisions. I mean, you look at Allen... Robinson, the guy's been incredible this year in terms of his workloads, right? I mean, if you look at his targets, just starting from week one, 13, 7, 7, 7, 8, 16, 7. Now, what's interesting is the two blow-up games were against the Saints and Green Bay, who both have shadow corners who are, you know, very good. Um, so I'm not sure what that's about. So, I mean, if you just sort of look at the target blow-up games, this wouldn't really seem to be one of them, even though the matchup is so good. Um, now, look. I'm, I'm probably giving causation off of weak correlation or whatever you want to call it. Um, so listen, absolutely, you know, Robinson could have one of his big target games here and, and the past doesn't represent the future. We don't know what's going to happen with him this game, but I'm sort of hesitant throwing 6,800 units at him uh, when I look at the way the season has played out. Um, you know, granted, this guy's been targeted a ton the last two weeks. There's every reason to look at him, but Trubisky makes me look at other options. And I look at Gabriel and I look at Anthony Miller, uh, and if you look at them over the last couple weeks, uh, man, I should have had this data in front of me. I don't, so bear with me while I sort of just 
uh, go through this, just so you guys know, I don't plan for these podcasts, I just do them on the fly. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, but, you know, when we look at Miller, uh, I think he's a good one to look at over the course of the year, the, the snaps have come up over the last couple of weeks, and the targets have come up too. Now, last week was a little bit down targets in a weird matchup, uh, but when you look at his you know, performance over the year. Just look at the yardage totals. 0 to 15 11. So he didn't even, you add up his first four weeks, he doesn't even have a good game if you combine them all together. But starting with game five, 52, 64, 67. So the production has changed. Obviously, he's healthy now, he's getting targeted. Um, like, first four games combined, he had eight total targets. Over the last three games, he's had 19. So Miller is on the upswing, there's no doubt. Now, he's priced at 3,700 units against a team that's got weak cornerbacks, uh, weak defensive backs. Uh, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball here against Philadelphia. You can't run on them. Um, so, to me, Miller at 3,700 units makes a lot of sense, as does Gabriel at 39. Uh, now, Gabriel, same kind of thing here. These guys generally get shorter area throws, which helps the Trubisky because... The further it is away right now, the more his bad timing comes into play. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking to mix in Gabriel and Miller where I like them, where they fit the lineup. Uh, Gabriel more towards GPPs, maybe Miller a little bit more towards cash. Uh, again, horses for courses. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have a lot of these guys, but they're on the menu. Uh, over on the Philadelphia side, you know, Wentz, I think, is an interesting dart throw. GPP, if you wanted to maybe stack him with DJX, assuming DJX plays. It's a 1 p.m. game, so we're going to know. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if DJX is announced as, a, announced as a starter, you want to maybe throw a, a late Wentz, DJX, maybe throw in Ertz at 4,700 units. Uh, you know, Chicago's been pretty weak lately, and I don't know how good they're going to be on the road in this spot, uh, and nobody is going to be on Philadelphia, if that's something you care about. Uh, they're just underrated plays relative to cost, is, is the way I would put it. Uh, now, let's get down to this next game, which is also sort of an ugly game, but it does afford us some opportunity. Uh, we've got T.Y. Hilton out, which puts Zach Pascal, you know, I think in play. Um, you know, I don't know how much of a deal he's going to be. I mean, I think you're getting, you know, maybe a 4,800 unit receiver at 41, you know, not bad, but it's not a great matchup. I think I'd rather, you guys will roll your eyes because he hasn't done a damn thing. I think I'd rather just go all the way down to the floor and play Paris, who's probably going to play about 80% of the snaps this week. Although I think the real opportunity with the Colts is at the tight end position, uh, with either Ebron, who's had an ankle this week, but I think Doyle at 3K, with Hilton out, uh, with Pittsburgh being pretty tough to throw on down the field, uh, you know, I, I think Doyle will pay off. You know, will he pay off at a high level? No, but I think he'll pay off. You won't be, you won't, you won't regret playing Doyle in cash. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but it's there. It's sort of an obvious play. Uh, on the other side, I like Deontay at 4,500 units in a game where Pittsburgh may have to go throw at some point. Uh, but I think the play that everyone is on, or at least should be on, is Jalen Samuels at 4K. Uh, obviously, it's somewhat dependent uh, on James Conner staying out, but at this point, he's doubtful. It's Saturday. We haven't heard anything positive. We can almost call um, James Conner out at this point. And, you know, I don't have to bend your guy's ear on Jalen Samuels. I've been talking about him a lot, really, all year. Uh, but at 4K... You know, as a back who's not really game flow dependent because he's a really good receiver, he's a better receiver than Connor. 
Uh, I think you know Samuel's a guy I'm probably just going to be putting in every single lineup this week. Uh, certainly, I, I don't know how you do cash without him. Uh, you know, on a week where you're just really looking for ways to to play smart, you don't take Samuel Samuels out of your cash lineup. Now you can come up with some reasons maybe to fade him in some GPPs here or there. Uh, but to me, on a tough week, I'm not I'm not turning down the free square who opens up salary on a tough week. I'm just not going to do it. Um, and that's pretty much that game. There's nothing else I really want to get into in that game, with the exception of maybe the Pittsburgh defense. They're at home, and they're cheap, and they're talented. Um, but Indianapolis, you know, I think with Hilton, they'll be even more closer to the vest, which will make it tougher to play defense. Uh, not tougher to play defense, but tougher to score fantasy points defensively. Um, so let's move down to Tennessee and Carolina. Again, not a fun game, but there are things here we got to talk about. I think, the t- you know, two... On Tennessee, it's really two things. I think Derrick Henry, not a great fit for DraftKings scoring, but at 5,700 units, he can open up some things for you. Uh, and, you know, I think he could be a slate breaker. He could also be a dud. You know, 19 for 49, and that's it. Is You know, that's on the menu for sure. Uh, but, I, you know, I also think, you know, 26 for 204 touchdowns is on the menu. You know, I mean, he's got... He's got a lot of potential outcomes. So I think some, some GPP exposure to Henry makes sense. Uh, the, the big play for me there is, is Janu Smith at 3,800 units. He came up for us big last week. I don't want to play him for that reason, but the, the bottom line is he's a cheap tight end on a bad tight end week. Delaney Walker's out. Um, you know, Carolina's a reasonably good matchup for tight ends. So I'm cool uh, with Janu Smith at 3,800 units. Uh, on the Carolina side, I'm not going to mess around with the quarterback, but I am more than willing to jam Curtis, uh, excuse me, um, Christian McCaffrey in my lineup at 10K. It's not easy to do, but I'm basically trying to do it all the time. Uh, it's just a question of how successful I am. DJ Moore has to be considered at 4,800 units. That's cheap for him. It is a, you know, sort of a tough matchup. Uh, but And I also think, um, you know, Curtis Samuel at 4,300 may be even a better play. He's an air yards monster. Uh, he's probably a better matchup against this defense. Um, uh, GPP only, but, uh, well, I suppose if you're trying to jam him into a cash lineup because you had to have a 4,300-unit play, maybe. But uh, there's probably safer plays at that level. Um, uh, Jarrell Casey is out uh, on the uh, Tennessee side, so that helps McCaffrey, uh, just in case you didn't know that. Um that's pretty much it on that game, and we're already over 30 minutes here, and I got a lot more to do. So let's keep moving here. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Lions and the Raiders. Now, <laughs> finally, um, we're getting to um, some of the fun stuff. And what kind of week is it when we're saying, "All right, we're to the Lions Raiders. We're getting to the fun st- <laughs> stuff now." Um, like, I mean, a couple things about this game. Obviously, Raiders are a clear pass funnel, uh, so. Now we have no carry-on, no real player to get behind on the ground. Trey Carson's out for the year. Uh, <laughs> again, wow, Trey Carson's out for the year. Who thought that was going to matter? Um, so there's a lot of fun stuff going on here. But the fact that the Raiders are past funnel is significant because when we look at the Lions, we've got Galladay, we've got Jones, we've got Amendola, we've got TJ Hawkinson. Maybe not TJ Hawkinson. Right, right now, maybe we don't go there. But it's a great tight end matchup. For, for the gutsy, uh, Hawkinson and the GPP is, is a potential winner. But, 
you got to be willing to light your money on fire there probably seven out of ten times. But uh, I think there will be some sharps on Hawkinson in tournaments this week. But Amendola is sort of the guy who sticks out because the targets are really hot the last couple uh, games. Um, let me see, 19 over the last two weeks. And, and think about this. That's compared to 20 over the first five. So over the last two games, he's had one target short of his total coming into game six. That's pretty amazing. Uh, so we know what's going on here. Carry on went down, and since then, everything's changed. Now they've lost another running back. Uh, they'd already cut C.J. Anderson. So they're really down to just a bunch of spare parts. Um, really, they'd be nuts if they weren't throwing the football in this game. Got to figure they will be. So you've got Galladay, who's expensive. He's priced up now, 7,700 units. We like the play, but you got to pay for it. Uh, Marvin Jones, certainly all kinds of reasons why he could go off, but after, after last week, we're a little concerned. He feels thin at 6K when you're looking at a 3-4 to four stream target flow, right? So I'm tempted to go down to the guy who's been getting hot targets lately, who has upside. And remember, Amendola is not one of these little slots who runs a five-yard route. Danny Amendola will break it. He'll double move it. He'll do a lot of different things. He'll he'll break and run outside the bound. You know, he'll run routes to the boundary. He'll do a lot of different things out of the slot. So you know, you don't want to sort of. He's not just some guy who can get you five six catches. He's a guy who can do different things. We've seen him throw the football, right? So, and and let's not forget the Patricia factor. Uh, there's a trust factor here, right? Um, and you know, there's another point to look at here as well the short area targets Hawkinson hasn't been eating them up Theoretic's not around to suck them out of the system anymore so you know Matt Stafford likes those uh you know he likes to get a look downfield and his check down is quite often that guy who's in that short area so um well obviously the check down goes through short area but you know what I'm saying so I think Amendola in this game can definitely rack up four, five, six of those short area throws. But if we get lucky, he's a guy who can add on the big play. So, um, you know, I don't know how heavy I'm going to be on Amendola, but I think he's a guy people may be looking past. And I think he definitely is a guy you should at least give consideration to in certain builds. On the Oakland side, um, I, I, I want to be sort of open here. I don't want to... Like, I'm off David Carr personally, just because the, I have just... So many times I've bought into the numbers on Carr in DFS, and he blows up in my face. So I've got personal blow up in my face in the wrong way. I've got personal just too much bad feeling on this one. Um, and you really shouldn't let that affect you, but I'm just being honest. In this case, the Carr thing... Every time I've ever done the car thing, it's blown up in epic fashion. Uh, you guys probably remember one from last year. So I don't know if I'm going to be on car, but I am going to be on some of these Raiders pieces. Obviously, Waller at 63 jumps a little bit this week. The best combination of not priced in the stratosphere at the tight end position. You know, he's cheaper than Kelsey. Uh, and you're going to be getting you're going to be getting tons of targets. You know, Detroit's a good matchup for tight ends. This thing fits if you can find the money. Now it's not easy to find 63 at tight end this week. So I'm not saying get to Waller. I'm saying if you can get to a high price tight end, he's probably the one. Um, and then Tyrell Williams, I think, not cheap, not as cheap as I want him to be. But you know, at 5900, uh, I think you know. Obviously, he's not going to score in every game he plays, so at some point that streak is going to end, but he has so far. Uh, definitely worth mentioning. Um, so you've got a lot of pieces in this game that are worth playing. I think there's going to be a lot of people on this game. Uh, for me, the pieces I'm considering the most uh, are going to be Amendola, 
probably Gavade and GPPs, um, and then probably Waller. That that's probably where I'm, most of my ownership is going to come in this game. Uh, and it's worth mentioning Jacobs in this game too. Detroit, we thought they're going to be good against the run. They haven't really. They've been getting worse it seems every week. Um, and Jacobs has caught a ball here or there lately. So Jacobs, I think, is worth talking about. Josh Jacobs. The problem is. There are other running backs I just like more. That's the problem. It's not that I don't like him. It's just that I like other guys more. Okay, let's move down because time is starting to get away from me here. Um, Tampa Bay, Seattle. This is, I think, the plum game for most people. It is probably for me as well. Uh, I'm not really on any running backs in this game. It's the two quarterbacks. Uh, Wilson is my top quarterback at 7,100 units. Uh, but lineup construction is keeping me away from him. So he's the guy I want, but I'm not getting him every time. Um, and again, stacking with him is tough because Lockett's 7,500 units. So now you're stocking, you're stacking with one of the most expensive quarterbacks with a non-cheap receiver, and you're doing it on a low target number. I mean, I know the efficiency is crazy, but you know that's a GPP move to me, not a cash move. Um, I'm liking uh, Metcalf a lot more. It's 5,700, much more affordable. Um, and I think the correlation play with Seattle is making more sense to me right now, just in terms of what I can do with these lineups. Now, Jameis is, you know, how much Jameis exposure can you stomach? That's a really fair question. Uh, but I am probably going to build a Jameis team, um, you know, in a larger field tournament. Uh, I'm just for what it's worth. I'm more on Godwin than Evans. I got into the whys on that in my, uh, WEI article, uh, a little shout out to Mike Tagliere. Uh, who gave me some good information, uh, Godwin succeeding more versus zone, and you should see more of zone with Seattle. Not that I'm writing Evans off at all. He obviously can go off in any spot. Uh, but I think if we're going to, you know, if you're sitting there and saying, hey, Pete, Godwin's or Evans, week nine, I'm going to say Godwin. I'm, I'm going to go off of last, last week's. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to chase last week's numbers. I'm going to go with what the matchup says. And to me, it says more likely Godwin. Um, so... I definitely want to be involved in this game. Everybody's going to be on it. Um, you get late action, which is always nice, but it shouldn't be the determining factor, I don't think. Um, but really, I think Godwin and DK are probably going to be the mainstays here for me. I'm going to try to get a lot of those guys in my lineups. Um, but really, there are a lot of ways to attack this game. And really, um, you can talk about Chris Carson. He's just a little too expensive for me this week. Uh, some people are also on Hollister pay down at the tight end position, uh, I'm probably not going to do that. So, two more main slate games left, and then we're going to get into my short list. And really, the short list is going to be a little bit of rehash, because there's not going to be anybody on the short list that I didn't mention already. Um, so, Cleveland-Denver. <laughs> this game screams go away in a lot of ways, but there are a couple things we want to talk about here. First of all... Um, you know, I've got a little gut feeling on Philip Lindsay. Not enough of a feeling where I think I'm going to play him, but I'm just mentioning it. Um, it has something to do with hearing that Royce Freeman was a little dinged up, but then I haven't really heard any of it this week, and it sounds like he's full in practice. So that's one of those things I'm just sort of keeping there in the back of my mind. If I hear anything that Royce is dinged up, I may go in on Lindsay just because I sort of like the matchup for him, and if he was going to be getting any kind of touch increase he would become interesting for me in GPPs. Um, and then, you know, but, but really, that's that's thin, and I don't know if that's going to happen. But the other guy that I think is interesting on the other side is, 
And I know I've talked about this guy more than is justifiable, but no offense. And look, he hasn't gotten it done. There's no doubt that the guy hasn't gotten it done. Uh, highest yardage total, yardage total in the year is 37. He has one touchdown to his name. But he is coming off of eight targets and 60 snaps last week. Those are both season highs. And, you know, if you look at, I'm a big guy on trends. When I see trends, it, it perks my ears up. And if you look at Fant's target trend, here it, here it is, starting in week five. One, three, five, eight. And the playing time, 40, 40, 48, 60 in terms of snaps. We see the up increase here. They want to get this guy involved. And what's happened, right? Now we've got a shaky quarterback in there. So I think the short area throws are going to be a little bit, uh, you know, up. A little bit up arrow in the short area throws this week. I think more short area than Flacco would be giving us on a percentage basis, okay? Factor in that Emmanuel Sanders is gone. So now we've got some targets available. Look, on a week where you want to pay down at the position, I think Fant at 3K is worthy of GPP consideration. I probably won't use him more than once or twice myself. I just feel like it's something that you want to throw out. But it's really on the other side of the ball here where I'm interested. First off, Landry at 4,500 when Odell Beckham is probably going to be locked down with Chris Harris. I think Landry in GPPs makes sense. Not sure if I'm willing to go there in cash, but, you know, Landry, you know, 150 yards and a touch this week with, say, seven catches. I think that's there. That could happen. Um, I'm not predicting it, but it could happen. Uh, but the real play here, I think, is the Browns D in correlation with Nick Chubb. Uh, now, most of the defense, most of the teams I put together this week are going to be with the Redskins D, 1,800 units. But where I'm putting Chubb in, I'm probably going to go with the Browns defense correlation play against the weak quarterback, right? Um, I mean, that's, it, you know, it's really not much more complex than that. With with Flacco out uh, and with the young quarterbacks apparently not ready, uh, we're going to get four quarters <laughs> of Brandon Allen, man. I mean, four quarters of Brandon Allen against a young defense that's got a lot of talent. I'm going to take that, and then I'm going to lock in the correlation play with Chubb uh, in a game where, you know, Cleveland's going to be, you know, I think you want to run on Denver. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that Cleveland's going to play with a significant lead in this game. So it's really, it's just everything's coming down to Chubb and the Cleveland defense. Uh, Chubb is not one of my top three backs. So that's where it creates an interesting thing for me. What I'm going to be doing is any time where I need to save some money off my big backs, I'm probably going to go down to Chubb. Um, the, the tricky part is then you have to go up to Cleveland, which then you have to find some money for the defense. So it's not perfect. I may end up going with just creating some Chubb teams because I feel strongly about this one. Um, I don't, I'm, no way I'm doing this in every lineup, but I think the Chubb-Browns defense stack maybe in 20% of my GPPs I think is something I want to do. Um, anything else in here? Nah, let's, let's leave that game alone. Uh, and now let's get down. Let's talk about the last game on the slate, and it's an important one, um, uh, Green Bay uh, at the Chargers. Now, a lot of people are on this game, and look, I can understand why. You know, my thing here is I'm concerned that both of these coaches like to play slow. Rodgers likes to play slow. Rodgers likes to eat clock, snap it right before, uh, you know, the thing expires. And, you know... I just feel like a lot of the guys who we want to get volume in this game are going to have a tough time getting there just because it's going to be low pace. So, you know, that's my concern. Now, look, a lot of people, you know, is Rodgers a good play? Yeah, I think he'll play well. 
Um, I don't know if I really want to pay up for a guy that is in a game where I think is sort of slow. I mean, that's, you know, I, I a lot of people are going to be going to Rodgers because he feels safe this week. I don't know. I'm not really on it. Uh, I'm more on Aaron Jones at 7K, although he's not in my top five. So I don't know how much Jones exposure I'm going to have, but I like Jones in this matchup. I think he'll do well. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, obviously Adams, Devontae Adams on the Green Bay side has a lot to do with how we can approach them. And I don't feel like he's safe even if he's playing. You never know about an aggravation. So I'm not really looking to get involved with Green Bay skill guys with the exception of maybe Aaron Jones. Um, but on the other side, you know, Rivers is compelling at 51. I don't know if I'm going to use any of it. Uh, Henry, for me, is off the board at 6K. It's just too much money, even though Green Bay has been surprisingly generous to tight ends lately. Uh, Eckler at 6K, same kind of thing. There's just too many plays I like at running back to pay 6K for Eckler. And really, same thing for Melvin, who I think is a better play than Eckler because he's at 5K. Um, you know, Melvin, I think, 18, 19 touches in this game. I just, you know, there's just too many other good things to do at running back than to go 5K Melvin, and you never know. They go more Eckler than you want, and you get burned big time. Um, and this is sort of, we're getting to the problem here. I've got There's more guys to go with on this team. we got Keenan, who's a good play at 64. But, you know, again, uh, slow. I think the, the pace of this game may keep Keenan's targets lower than I want them to be uh, for him to pay off at that number. I think he's going to have a good game, but paying off... For my DK purposes, at 64, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm more inclined to go down to Williams at 46, who's been letting us down, but you know he keeps popping on the air yards model, and it's you know it's not phony baloney, man. I mean he's they are looking at him a lot downfield. Green Bay's pass rush is becoming more intermittent, so I feel like while Rivers is going to have a tough day. He's going to get banged around. He will have his chances where the rush doesn't show up, and he will be able to take some shots. I think Green Bay is going to score enough points where he'll have to take some shots. So the guy that I keep coming to, and it's more in GPPs, and obviously there's no doubt this guy has been burning us a lot this year. So I don't want you to sit here and throw your whole life into it. But I think, you know, 20 30% exposure on a cheap Mike Williams at 4,600 units in GPPs, I think it makes sense. Um, again, if you're playing for it, if you're going for it, if you're trying to play it safe, yeah, he's not safe. But uh, the upside for him, I think, is there in this game. That's the play that I keep gravitating to uh, in this game. So I just walked the 10 games on the slate. Took us about, if we give, if we factor in five minutes on the intro, we went over a bit over 40 minutes on that. Uh, so I want this podcast to be an hour or less, and it will be. We're going to get the, I think the next part's going to be about 10 minutes and, uh, and we'll get you out the door. And again, just uh, for those of you uh, who, are, who, who follow me and listen to all this stuff, uh, Jimmy and I will get into some more uh, advanced, well, not advanced, but, you know, um, more condensed plays. Because, you know, I, I'm finishing up recording this podcast around 5 o'clock. I'm going to eat some dinner. And I'm going to put in another two hours on this stuff. And then tomorrow morning, another two after the show. So, um on the show tomorrow morning and then maybe I'll do a quick 10 15 minute podcast after the show uh, just to let you guys know if I've um, narrowed this down anymore but uh, uh, I'm gonna give you the list as it stands right now so um, let's uh, let's start off with the quarterbacks uh, Wilson's at the top of my board uh, but like I said lineup construction sort of preventing me from rostering him as much as I want to so you know so there's that. Um, Rodgers is a guy I'm sort of staying away from. Uh, I know he's a really popular play this week. I may have some 
you know, some FOMO exposure, but not much more. Uh, Stafford makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, save a hundred bucks. He's in a throw to win kind of game. Uh, they're not going to run on Oakland. They can't really run at all right now. Anyway, he's got a lot of different guys to throw to. Uh, the key thing with Stafford is if you're playing him, you're going to have to stack him. Um, and I think you go Amendola plus the question is plus what, um, Winston, I think is too risky to like lean in on heavy, but I'm definitely going to get some GPP action at 6,100 units. Um, probably stack him, I'll probably make three Winston lineups, one with <laughs> one with Evans, one with both, and then one with Godwin, something like that. Um, uh, Josh Allen I didn't mention, but I think he's GPP viable. I, it's really going to depend how much I like my other lineups and how much time I have. The, 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 the problem I'm having with Allen is paying up to get to him this week is tough. Um, so yeah, worth mentioning, not a guy I'm necessarily doing anything with. Uh, though I want to. Uh, Derek Carr, we talked about. Uh, Sam Darnold, man, I feel like he should be 55 or 54. If he was, I'd probably find more ways to get him in there. As of now, I'll probably have a Darnold GPP team. That's it. Carson Wentz, I think probably underrated. I'll probably put a GPP team together. Not much else. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, I mentioned why I don't love that game maybe as much as some people, but I feel like Rivers at 51 is sort of screaming, make a GPP lineup with me, so I probably will, but not a lot of exposure. You can sort of see what kind of lineup week this is going to be for me. Um, I'm going to basically have some Wilson lineups and then spread around. And I, Gosh, I'm actually looking at maybe one of these cheap lineups in my cash uh, game to the extent that I have one cash lineup this week. I may not run with just one cash lineup this week. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but Matt Moore uh, is definitely a candidate. Uh, and you know Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, may be one of my heavier GPP quarterbacks this week, um, but I'm probably not going to do him in cash. Okay, uh, let's move. Let's go over to... Well, you know, I'm going to save the running backs. Let's jump to the receivers. Let's go from quarterbacks to receivers. Uh, really like Diggs this week. The problem I'm going to have with him is that Cook is probably my favorite player this week, and I'm not going to do any Diggs plus Cooks. Um, plus Cook, excuse me. Uh, same kind of problem with Lockett. Well, not the same kind of problem, but, uh, you know, love Lockett. Definitely will put him alongside Wilson in some GPPs, but paying up to a low-target guy that much is just tough for me to stomach. It just goes against my core DK principles. Uh, Tyree Kill, really a guy I think probably not getting enough chat this week. People are worried about the quarterback. I don't think it matters that much. Uh, 7,400, got to get him in some GPP lineups. Godwin is probably my primary receiver this week. Uh, Evans, secondary in that game to him. Uh, Kenny Galladay, the cost has gone up so much. I'm probably not going to have as much of him as I want. Uh, Keenan Allen's in play. I don't know how much of him I'm going to have. Allen Robinson's in play. Not sure how much I'm going to have. Uh, John Brown definitely in play, but they priced him up to 61. That's going to keep me from being high on him. I will have some. Um, you know, all the Detroit receivers are viable. Matt Metcalf at 5,700 is a guy I'm probably going to have a fair amount of. Robbie Anderson at 5,500, probably a guy I'm going to have a fair amount of. Mike Williams at 4,600, probably a guy I'm going to have a fair amount of. Uh, Crowder on the Jets is in play, probably not going to be high volume on him. Moore, DJ Moore from Carolina in play. I'm probably going to be more on Curtis Samuel at a lower price. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's a guy I'm really sort of leaned in on to find out if he's going to be playing. If he's starting, he's going to go into that Wentz stack, or really 
he'll probably be the reason there is a Wentz stack. Without Djax, there probably won't be one. Uh, Cole Beasley may end up finding himself into more lineups than I'm thinking because of that 41 uh, price. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think, is GPP viable at 4,500. May mess around with him in some cash lineups because I've already seen that I sort of need one cheap receiver in those cash lineups. So I'm going to be biting the bullet with either like Deontay, Curtis Samuel, Amendola, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, one of those guys in that area. I think they're all viable. Um, Zach Pascal, don't forget about him with Hilton out. He becomes viable. Um, you know, but again, I think he's, I feel like we're saving four or 500 bucks with him is really what it comes down to. Not a play. I'm, you know, I'm not like moving the furniture around to get Pascal in my lineup just because Hilton isn't playing. Um, uh, Anthony Miller, we talked about earlier. I sort of like him. I'm a little bit more on Taylor Gabriel and GPPs. Um, and, you know, Demarius Thomas, I think, is a guy you have to, even if you're not looking to play him, just remember he exists because I think he makes Crowder a shakier play than I think maybe some people realize when they're thinking about Crowder. That's really all of the receivers that I'm considering. Obviously, I try to give you an indication as to which ones are going to be more present in my lineups. But now let's move over to the running backs. This one I've got ground down pretty good, uh, drilled down, whatever you want to call it. But... Uh, really, I want to get as much McCaffrey as I can afford. I'm not sure what that's actually going to amount to, but he is a priority. 10K obviously presents challenges, especially when you already want to roster Dalvin Cook. Uh, Nick Chubb is going to be the guy who slides in on a lot of those lineups where I can't figure out a way to get McCaffrey or Cook or both. Uh, Aaron Jones could be the guy who slides in for Chubb when I can't afford Chubb. Uh, Derek Henry is a guy I want to use in GPPs. Um, obviously, I've already got some guys that I love, so I don't know how much Henry I'm ultimately going to get. Um, and then, you know, the guys that just need to be mentioned, Adrian Peterson at 42. I may use none of him, but he's a guy we need to think about. Jalen Samuels is my guy, I think, maybe for sure in all my cash lineups. And then I think in a very high percentage of my GPPs as well because of the nature of the week. You know, I think on some weeks I might look at Samuel and say, well, I like him, but I like all these other things too and I'm mixing and I'm matching. But this is a week where the guys I love are really priced up. So Samuels becomes not just a good, you know, free square play, but he, he becomes a conduit to other high cost plays that I really want. So um, probably going to be pretty heavy on Samuels in all shapes and forms. And then I'm toying around with Damian Williams as a cheap GPP dart throw. Uh, and I think Mark Walton is worth mentioning at 4,500 units in a competitive game against a Jet defense that wasn't very good before they gave away Leonard Williams, you know. Um, and then let's just move over to the tight ends, hit those before we close this thing out. We are... Uh, you know, an hour is now staring me down there on the uh, on the time count. Uh, Travis Kelsey's always in play, so 69, nice price, always in play. Um, I will probably have some Travis Kelsey, especially in lineups where I pay down at the quarterback. Like I'm, you know, maybe Matt Moore gets Kelsey in my lineup. I'm not sure, but maybe the the, the thing with Kelsey is I think Waller at 63 just makes more sense. Uh, and in general, I'm not looking to pay for a tight end this week. I think you'll see me in the Zach Ertz box at 4,700 units. While everybody's running away from Ertz, I will probably run towards Ertz. He was double teamed consistently last week. I don't think he will be this week. Uh, Janu Smith, I think, will be my most popular tight end play. I hate chasing my play from last week. But you know what? Like I said, Delaney Walker's out. So you're really 
this is just a good play. It's not chasing last week's points. Um, you know, what are we looking for from Janu Smith? We're hoping for a touchdown. We're looking for four or five uh, receptions, hopefully four north of 50 yards. You know, uh, he's not going to go for 30. This is a hope he pays off so the rest of my lineup can happen kind of play. Uh, I mentioned Hawkinson. I think he's GPP viable. I did not mention Cameron Brait. I don't think. I think he's viable at 3,100 units with um, OJ out. Uh, again, I think both of the Indianapolis tight ends are viable given the way that game should play out and the fact that T.Y. Hilton's out. Uh, Noah Fant has increased usage, low-priced intrigue, probably GPP only. And then again, if, um, if, <laughs> if Adam Thielen is out, I think Irv Smith becomes sort of an intriguing GPP play. And, and that's it for my not-so-short shortlist. Uh, and that's pretty much it for the uh, week nine version of the Rotobond the Rotobon DFS podcast. Like I said, I may come back at you guys with a 10 to 15 minute dealio tomorrow morning, but more than likely I'll be able to compact that information into the Fantasy Football Hour with Jim Hackett and uh, I will just post the audio to that um, on my timeline on Twitter. <sighs> Wow, that was a lot of talking. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thank, thanks to all you guys for listening, uh, for being part of this Rotobon thing all year. Um, really been having a lot of fun this season. Uh, I've been profitable in DFS. I hope you guys have been as well. I'm going for my fourth straight profitable week. Um, so let's keep grinding. Let's keep finding those plays. Um, and let's, let, let's keep, keep hanging some wins in these tournaments and in our, uh, in our cash games. So uh, go for it. Go out and get them. And uh, either I'll see you guys tomorrow, or if not, see y'all on the Waiver Wire podcast on Tuesday. Giddy up. Oh!